are listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene, online at bethanynaz.org. Well, happy Mother's Day. I love this day because we uh, tend to focus on family, and so maybe some of you will get to be with family. We have a lot of family we won't see today, but we will FaceTime with them, and we'll get to talk to them on the phone. And so I think, I think our subject today is really good for Mother's Day because we tend to go through difficult times together as a family. So I remember when I was in college and I would be having kind of a hard day, I would call my mother on the phone. So I think I mentioned before that I was raised in a small Kentucky town. And, um, and my mother still lives in that small Kentucky town. In fact, on Thursday, my mother will be 85 years old. She is such a gift in my life. I'm so grateful for her. She's one of the greatest people I've ever known in my life. I would call my mom and say, hey, I'm, I'm really kind of going through some stuff and I need to talk. And my mother gave great counsel. She's the best listener ever. And then my mom would pray for me and, and she would say to me, why don't you take one of my checks? Now, this is almost 40 years ago. That made me feel really old right there, by the way. Everybody carried a checkbook. Take one of my checks and go buy yourself a new shirt. New shirt will make you feel better, you know? So that was kind of my mother's fix for whatever was going on in life. Just get a new shirt, you know. I remember one day my mother said, go get a new shirt. And I said, Mama, a new shirt does not fix everything, you know. Even today I'll come out of a store with a couple of new shirts and think, according to my mom, I should be doing great right now because I've got two shirts. It's interesting to me how we go through the tough times. Sometimes I'll watch a family or an individual go through a tough time and immediately they just turn to God. They turn to His Word. They turn to prayer. They turn to the church. And they, and they will say to me, the closest I've ever been to God in my life was when we had experienced that difficult time in our lives. In fact, sometimes I'll say to people, tell me about a time when you experienced great spiritual growth in your life. And they will say, it was when we experienced a tragedy, a major sickness, a major problem as a family, an accident occurred, something happened, but that's when we got the closest to God. And then there's other people who do the opposite. I remember reading a story a few years ago about a lady who talked about how her husband got this terrible disease. Within about a year, it took his life. She said, I kept him in our home. Hospice came in to help. But I just watched him die this very slow death. And she finally writes, I have determined that there is no eye on the sparrow. And nobody is watching over us. And she renounced the faith that she once professed. The Hebrew writer in our passage today, and we've been in chapter 12 last week, we will be for the next couple of weeks, compares this Christian journey to like a race. There's a finish line out there. And he says, whatever you do, persevere. Stay steadfast. Don't give up. Don't lose your zest for running. In fact, you want the resolve that will say, I will not quit. And so I understand that if I'm in a race and I've got a finish line in front of me, there's things that can distract me. There are distractions the enemy is going to throw my way. And, and in the scripture today, the writer uses two words. And the words are struggles and hardships. You say, Rick, I wonder why he said struggles and hardships. Well, it was because the people that he's writing to are being persecuted because of their faith in Jesus. The people that used to be their friends are now their enemies and they're making life hard for them. These people are literally afraid of their, for their own lives. And he reminds them, nobody has died yet. But I understand the heat is being turned up. So whatever you do, you got to persevere. Don't quit. Make up your mind today that no matter what comes your way, you will finish this race. See, I think when things are going really well, we do okay. Life's good. <laughs> Money's good. The job's good. Family's good. Marriage is good. Physically, I'm good. 
And sometimes we translate that to mean God's good. But I believe the real test of our faith is how we respond to struggles and to hardships. I believe the real test of our faith is how you and I respond during times of struggles and hardships. So why don't you open your Bible to Hebrews chapter 12, and I'm going to begin with verse 4. I told you last week the writer knows his readers really well. And he knows that they know the Scriptures really well because he quotes them without explaining. And so they come from a life in Judaism. His fear is that they're going to, because of persecution, go back to Judaism. Check out of their faith in Jesus. Quit in this race they're involved in. And so he reminds them that Jesus is superior in all things. In Him is the very Word of God. And Him is the hope for this new life that we seek to live. And so when we get to verse 4, here's how he continues. You ready? So in your struggle against sin, you have not resisted the point of shedding your blood. In, in other words, nobody has lost their life yet in your circles here. And have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his son? It says, my son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you because the Lord disciplines the one he loves and he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. So endure hardship as discipline. I'm going to say it now and I'll probably say it again. He is not saying the reason you are suffering is because God is disciplining you. He is saying that discipline has great benefits, as do hardships. And so endure hardships like you endure discipline, knowing that God will use the hardships in your life to shape you and to the person that He desires you to be. He's not saying God brings hardships on you in order to do that. That's not what He's saying. He's saying, when you go through hard times, understand that there will be benefits that God will bless you with through your hard times. God is treating you as His children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you're not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate, not true sons and daughters at all. So moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us and we respected them for it. So how much more should we submit to the Father of spirits and live? They disciplined us for a little while as they thought best. But God disciplines us for our own good in order that we might share in His what? Holiness. We want to be like Jesus. No discipline seems pleasant at the time. Can I get a witness in the house? But painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. A few months ago, I was reading a, a book about marriage. It was called The Second Happy by Kevin and Marcia Myers. And in the book, they use an illustration that they got from another couple who wrote another book called You Don't Have to Quit by Ray and Ann Ortland. You don't have to quit, which is the message of Hebrews 12. In fact, it's even more pointed. Don't quit. Persevere. Finish the race. And in the book, they use an illustration, and I love the illustration. And so when I spoke at the marriage conference back a couple of months ago, I used the illustration, and I was excited today because I wanted to use the illustration again for you. It's, it's the illustration of the A, the B, and the C zone. Now, you may say, Rick, I, I don't have any idea what you're talking about. What is the A, B, and C zone? So I'm going to say it real clearly right now. You ready? The A, B, and C zone represent everything 
you've ever started and the middle and the end. It represents the beginning, the middle, and the end of everything you will ever attempt in your life. And I'll give you many examples. It represents the beginning, the middle, and the end of everything you will attempt in life, even your journey of faith with Jesus. Okay? So let me, let, let, me, let me share with you what I'm talking about. Let's look at the A-zone real quick. If there's one word that describes the A-zone, it's promise. Okay? So 33 years ago today, May the 9th, 33 years ago, 1988, my wife Annette became a mother. Now, I feel like my wife Annette lives a little bit too much in the shadows, and so she's not going to maybe appreciate this in this moment because I didn't warn her. But would you just stand up and would you, oh, she's going, oh my goodness. Would you just, come on, just, just, and just kind of turn around and just kind of wave a little bit, a little wave. 33 years ago today, Annette became a mother. Our daughter, Brittany, is celebrating her, her 33rd birthday today. That's the A-zone. I remember when we brought Brittany home from the hospital. I, I would come home from work and she would be in this little bassinet and I would pull a chair up and instead of watching television, I would just watch her sleep. It was awesome. I, I, re, I remember what it was like having this little human in our house and in our arms and in our lives. It, it's the A zone. It's, it's full of promise. It's the beginning. And so I think if we carry that out a little further, we would say, it's when you buy the new car, you know? It's when you say to a friend, I just... So thankful for this car. This car is going to serve us so well. We needed a little bit of a bigger vehicle maybe for the kids or whatever. But it, it, it's when you buy something, it has the new car smell. Or I think it's maybe, you know, when you get a, a, a new house or a new-to-you house, a different house. And you think, oh, I love the house. You're in the A zone. Um, it's maybe when you get a new job and it's got all of the challenges and you're meeting the new people and you're kind of getting broken in. We have a new pastor on our staff. His name is Dan Rodriguez. And Dan just moved here from Indiana about a month and a half ago. And so now Dan is at a new job. And of course they had to buy a new house. Dan's in the A zone. It's, it's exciting. It's full of energy. It's like the first semester when you move away to college. It's the A zone. It's full of promise. And I think in our marriages, it's probably the dating relationship, the engagement, uh, the wedding, the honeymoon, the first few months after we're married. It's a zone. It's full of promise. In, in our journey in faith, I think it's when we're born again. I love to tell people about when I was born again. I was 19 years old. And it was like I got a whole new life. My values changed. The way I saw the world, I was so different. I was in the A zone. I couldn't quit smiling. And I think for the readers of the letter to the Hebrews, it's when they came to know the love of Jesus. They had been living under the law that God had given them to live under, but now they've received the news that the law has been fulfilled. And now you just focus your life on what does it mean to love God and what does it mean to love one another? They were living in the A zone. So I think if the word for the A zone is promise, the word for the B zone would be problems. Okay? So, so I think when you, when you bring the new little child home from the hospital, it's when uh, you realize after about six months you haven't slept through the night yet. You know? It's, 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 it's the B zone. Uh, it, it's the challenges that we face in everyday life. It's when, the, it's when the new car becomes a used car, but you still have new car payments. Um, <laughs> It's when the house begins to kind of fall apart and the repairs begin to pile up and, and you begin to struggle to get it all done and to keep up. I, I think it's when, you know, the job becomes a grind. And I think it's when uh, the college work becomes really challenging. And, um, and I think it's, well, in, in marriage we have a way to talk about it. We say, I think maybe the honeymoon's just about over, right? That's the B zone. It's, it's challenging. And I think in our journey with Jesus, it's, it's when we begin to just face daily life struggles and problems and challenges and temptations. 
And sometimes we find ourselves failing. And I think for the recipients of this letter, it was when they began to face persecution. These people used to be our friends, and now they're making our lives hard. And I don't know what they're going to do to me, and I don't know what they're going to do to my family. And I'm beginning to wonder, is this maybe one day going to cost me my life if I keep following Jesus? A's own dreams are clouded by B's own challenges. A's own hopes hit B's own walls. Here's what the danger is. And the Hebrew writer understands it. And it's his great concern. He's afraid they're going to go to the Q zone. You say, wait a minute. You talked about A, B, and C. You didn't mention the Q zone. What does the Q zone mean? It's when you quit. It's when your child is a teenager and you say, I have no idea what to do with this kid anymore. You know? It's when you just kind of let the house go to pot. It's when at the job you just say, I, I'm, I'm done. It's when in college you just say, I, I'm, I'm giving up. And I think in marriage... It's when you long to quit. You say, Rick, I know what you're talking about. You're talking about divorce, aren't you? Listen to me just for a minute, okay? You and I know there's more ways to quit at marriage than divorce. And there are many, many, many of us who who would maybe never dream of the possibility of divorce, but you would say, Rick, I quit trying in my marriage a long time ago. I just, I just quit. I just gave up. My spouse can do what they do. I'll do what I do, but I'm done. I quit. I think in faith, it's when we begin to say, why is life so hard? If I'm following Jesus, shouldn't it be better? I don't know if it's worth it anymore. And I think for the recipients of this Hebrew letter, they were beginning to ask, is it worth what I'm about to experience to keep following Jesus? Here, here's what sometimes happens. You see this arrow? We, we feel the excitement of the A zone. We, we feel the stress of the B zone. Problems begin to happen in life. We go to the Q zone, and then we say, I need something new in my life. So we find a new A zone. And we feel the excitement. But when we hit the B zone stress, we say, that's it, I'm done. I didn't bargain for this. And then we need something new, and it becomes a cycle. If that happens, we will never find the C zone. The C zone. It represents payoff. It's where everything worthwhile in life comes from. It's when we said at the high school graduation of that little baby that was born, you know, 18 years ago. It's maybe when we're at their college graduation, or maybe it's when we're at their wedding, and we beam with pride. It's, it's, it's the 50th wedding anniversary. It's when you pay off the house or the car. It's, it's when you stand before Jesus one day and you hear him say the words, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. And for the recipients of this letter, it was finishing the race. It was crossing the finish line. So just, you know, talking from my heart a few minutes with you. When I, when I read the book, I was struggling. And, and that's okay with me saying this, but I was struggling with the fact that we're going to be married 35 years, you know, in, in a couple of months. And, and I was just thinking, why, why is marriage still hard after 35 years, you know? Why is, uh, why is marriage still work, you know? I mean, shouldn't we be beyond a lot of this? And I remember instead of just kind of having the attitude of we'll push through and we'll overcome whatever we deal with and we'll just get better, you know? Instead, I kind of had this long face of saying, why is it still hard? And I think in all of this, the Lord taught me a lesson. You know how he does that? If you'll listen, I'll teach you something. And I felt like the Lord was saying, much of married life is lived in the B zone. Life's full of challenges and struggles. That's never going to change. Any relationship that you're in, that you love, that you appreciate, it has challenges, right? Why should marriage be any different? 
And I think it's true for our Christian journey as well. Simply put, much of the Christian life is lived in the B zone with more than its share of struggles and hardships. So I think the question is, what are we going to do? And I think what happens is we get this opportunity in this passage of Scripture to look through a different lens. Like the Lord has challenged me to look through a different lens. I remember really well, really well, I don't think I'll ever forget it. The day that my friend Paul said to me, as he was fighting for his life in a cancer battle, you know what, Pastor? I think I would have done more for Jesus if I could have gotten cancer sooner. I mean, it, it made me step back. It got my attention. It was almost like he was wishing. I, I think I would have done more for Jesus, Pastor, if I could have gotten cancer sooner. Because he realized that through this cancer fight, something powerful happened inside of him. And he was not only a stronger man of faith, but he was more excited about doing more for Jesus. In fact, he's still alive today. And, and right now he's trying to get Bibles into every state penitentiary in America. That's his goal right now. That's what he's trying to accomplish. And so we get this word discipline. Discipline. We understand how vital discipline is. You've been around kids that weren't disciplined, haven't you? It's, it's rough, isn't it? And so it's really an act of love. And so if we're God's children, would not God love us enough to discipline us? And so he goes into this, discipline has great benefits. And you know what else has great benefits? Struggles and hardships. It's sometimes where you are made. It's sometimes where God does incredible things in your life. Have you forgotten this word of encouragement? He says he throws this positive light on hard times, and we often see them in a negative light. He's not saying that you're being disciplined for something you did. Here's what he's saying. God often shapes us through struggles and hardships. True story. It's true for me, and it's true for you. And so our struggles are not meaningless. It doesn't mean that God's forgotten you. It simply means that God's going to redeem those tough times you experience in life to help you become more like Jesus. I love the word holiness. God is holy. And in Jesus, we get this more clear picture of what God is like. And we seek to become like him. See, there's somebody looking at me going, no, no, no. Oh, no, Rick, I can relate. I know exactly what you're talking about. We went through a tough time as a family. It was awful. And I kind of got hung up. Trying to understand why God would let something like this happen to us. And I got my eyes on that question. I got my eyes off Jesus. And I got my eyes off the finish line. And it became a terrible distraction in my journey with God. I lost some ground. I got focused on this. And it set me back. I just couldn't understand why God would let this happen to us. So I have a kind of dream about today. We put words on the wall for a reason, and when you came in, you received a sticker for a reason, and here was my vision. My vision and my dream was that you would write your name on the sticker like I've written my name on the sticker. And that in a minute, when people come to sing, that you would stand up out of the seat you're sitting in, and you would peel the paper off of this sticker. And you would walk down the aisle and you would go over to one of those walls and you would put your sticker on one of those letters. And it wouldn't matter if you put your sticker over somebody else's. God can see beyond the paper, you know. 
And, and I felt like for some of you it may be, wow, we've gone through some hard stuff. But you know what? We're not going to quit. <laughs> I still believe in Him. And I'm still going to follow Him. And He's still my hope. And I believe that God is going to redeem this awful thing that I've gone through. And He's going to shape my life. And I got a feeling that some of you came in the room today saying, well, I, I don't need to put my name on something and I don't need to go down and say I'm not going to quit. I didn't come in the room with any intentions of quitting. I don't want to walk down there in the first place. And if you don't, you won't hurt my feelings. I won't be frustrated with you. But I'm going to go put my sticker on the wall. I don't know what's going to come into my life over the next few years. But if my life is like everybody else's, I'm going to face struggles and hardships. I remember reading a book a few years ago by a guy named Levi Lusco called Through the Eyes of a Lion. And the lion was actually the middle name of his little girl, Lena Lion Lusco. He said, we gave her the middle name Lion because of what her hair looked like when she was born. But when she was five years old, she died as a result of an asthma attack. Lutzko said, when death came to our home, there was no warning. It hit us so fast, we didn't even have time to think about flexing. It knocked the wind out of us and left us gasping rather for air on the floor of an emergency room. But he said, even in that moment, after the doctor said to us, I'm sorry, there was nothing we could do, we found ourselves blessing the name of God Amen. and affirming our belief in the resurrection. And on the floor of the emergency room, my wife and I lifted our hands and we sung songs of worship and found ourselves on holy ground. He goes on to talk about the pain and the cries that came from deep within for months and months and months. But in essence, he said, we weren't going to quit. So in a moment after I pray, we're going to sing. And after we sing, I'm going to go put my sticker on the wall. And it may be in a few months or a few years, I might have to look back on today and remember the commitment that I made. And you may want to join me. And so, Father, as I come before you this morning, I pray for my brothers and sisters who have gone through some really, really hard times. It hurts my heart. And I know that you are working in their lives. But it's been hard. And I've watched so many of them say, Lord, I still believe in you. And I've watched them say, I'm not going to quit. And so as I read the words from the Hebrew writer this morning, I'm inclined to make a statement of my faith today. And a commitment to you that says, I will never go to the Q zone. No matter how hard the B zone gets, I know in the end there's a C zone. And I'm going to cross the finish line one day. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You have been listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Visit us online at bethanynaz.org.
Hey, I want you to turn to the person next to you and say, I will not quit. It is good. It is good. Hey, so glad that you came to church today. So glad that you came to worship. One of the things that we want to do really quickly, if you're worshiping with us online, and if there is anything that our pastoral staff team could do for you, we want you to text CONNECT to the number you see on your screen. If you are here in person, we want to stay connected with you as well. If there's a question that you have, if there's something we can be praying for you and your family about, there's a connect card in between your seats. Fill that out for us. It is Mother's Day. Moms, you are heroes. I hope you know that today. I remember being in middle school when my mom went on strike for a week. The only thing good about that week is we ate at Denny's a lot. But moms, you truly are a hero. We want to celebrate you today. So happy Mother's Day. There's a gift for you out in the lobby. And here, fellas, dads, sons, daughters, one of the things you can do to give, give a gift to your mom today is just be happy taking the photo, all right? Stand in the line, get the photo, and it's a great gift for them. As we've worshiped and as we've sung songs and we've heard the scriptures preach, remember tithes and offerings as an act of worship as we continue to push forward the kingdom of God. You are so deeply loved. Moms, have a great day. Go in his peace and his blessings. You are dismissed.